0: Does life. Hello and a very warm welcome to Not to The 92 Extra with me, Greg Clark. As always, I'm your host and I'm joined as ever by the mercurial magician from the kingdom of Margate, Tommy Mitchell. I hope you're all keeping well and as we look forward to the new National League season. But before we get introducing our brilliant guest tonight, we paid homage to our sponsors. So you'll have heard on our, the previous week's podcast, um, we're now, now entering into a partnership with renowned kit manufacturing expert based in Newcastle, Farrelly Sports. Now, I could personally vouch for our materials because they sent me two, not one, but two, Billingham Synthonia tops with not the 92 podcast in the back. And honestly, I look a million dollars on a good day. I look about a trillion when I've got that on. So you can get in touch with them on Facebook just by typing in Farrelly Sports or on Twitter. So you know what to do. Jamie, the CEO was a lovely, lovely guy. Farrelly Sports don't just take part. They take over. Welcome to the National League party, my friends. Anyway, tonight in the podcast, we have one of the most intelligent, quick-witted, confident guys in Britain, without doubt, alleged in the making, and one that's destined right to the top, Owen Craig McKill smiths here with us tonight as well. (laughs) Craig, how you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Oh, nice. Uh, What have you been up to today, man? Um,
1: Chopping trees, uh, getting some bark chips, just gardening, just trying to keep myself
0: busy, keep myself busy in these times. Oh, so I wish I had a garden big enough to have trees, but I don't want to live in a a flat here in West London, unfortunately. So, yeah, we're not (laughs) always lucky as you are. But no, we're joined tonight by the classic Bagsman, Um, a guy I actually had really high hopes for when he broke onto the Scotland scene. Uh, Of course, we'll touch on that a bit later. But, yeah, I think we're breaking new ground tonight, as Craig's probably the the best barnet of any guest we've ever had on. We did say that off camera, but I'm saying it on camera now. (laughs) He's hanging in there, he's hanging in there. Aye, well if you get any tips, let us know mate. So So, no, just generally like, um, I suppose we'll crack on right to wire on tonight, just to chat chat about your career and basically to see where it all began for you. So you are a native of Watford, you grew up in Watford, is that right? Yeah,
1: that's correct,
0: yeah. And then how was it growing up there? Was Watford your local team growing up? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was my, my team I support now, a team I've kind of always followed um, born in the hospital next to the ground and that So it's always been I've always kind of wanted to play for them Because it was that, that was my, my local team I always supported them um, I've Kind of that time when I was born it was, it was, I was lucky because kind of going to games Was pretty cheap um, And it was just, it was just nice To so go on a Saturday I wasn't playing games And just go and watch them And yeah, play kind of like Gifted Noel Williams And, and Kevin Phillips David Connolly's. So there's a lot of like For me a lot of good kind of Forwards at the time to, to learn
0: from Obviously, in Hertfordshire, it's quite unique because like, Watford, their training grounds right next door to Arsenal's. And, um, so like, there must be quite, like, I suppose, like, a lot of teams in that kind of area who you can support, such as Spurs and Arsenal. Was um, what at your school? Was it all Watford fans in that? Um, a few. I think it, it, you say like the, the, the Premier League, uh, well,
1: there wasn't the Premier League at the time, but like the big teams, Man United and uh, Arsenal, and teams like that kind of dominated. Um, but there was, there was a, a, a lot of, of Watford fans. Watford were, were, were pretty good. When I was kind of growing up, and and obviously they were in the the player final a few times and done well to to kind of progress through the leagues and get into the Premier League, so there there was a um, kind of quite a few Watford fans. But again, as say that most of the the majority were of the of the big teams because I think that's just just the way it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's when you're at primary school, you're quite impressionable when you choose a team based on who is good at the time. And um, unfortunately, growing up in Glasgow, I didn't have that privilege because um, you don't have a choice in Glasgow, unfortunately. And, um, yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom's a Newcastle fan. Tom, how did you start being a Newcastle fan?
2: Yeah, my well, dad's from Wall's End. So uh, yeah, uh, it
0: was good when I was growing up being a Newcastle fan, but uh, yeah, not been great <laughs> the last few years. <laughs> Absolutely not. But no, so we'll crack on right to where it all began for you now. The reason why we're so keen to get you on and uh, why you're so relevant for the podcast, Craig here started in non-league and that probably gave you the grounding that you had to go and have a great for a very successful career. St Albans, can you talk to me about your debut against Billericay, March 2001? <laughs> a long, long time ago. I uh, don't
1: know it. remember it too much off the top of my head, but being, being at St Albans was, a, was obviously an amazing, amazing thing. i would kind of been released from, I think I was at Watford when I was about 12, um, and I got released by Watford and ended up going playing like Sunday League football um, in St. Albans for, uh, for St. Albans, like, uh, St. Albans team. And then I had a, a midweek team, which is kind of like like an academy team, which is like a Wednesday, and you play kind of the local, um, big local teams. And I, I'd done well enough at, at 16 to kind of um, move into the first team. I think John Kendall was the manager at the time. Um, so it was just, just an amazing like um, opportunity. Uh, obviously, you, you want to make your way in the game. And uh, I felt like I was kind of doing that, playing men's football at 16, um, it was it was an amazing experience, one that definitely shaped shaped my career. I think coming through non league was was massive a massive part of like who I was, how I developed, like the appreciation I have have for the game and stuff like that. I think that was a great uh, grounding for me.
0: I think you look at a lot of like footballers nowadays who did play their trade initially in, in non-league. And um, I think it makes them desperate. Make, look at Jamie Vardy, for example. He's, he's still, still got the drive at 34, 35 to be the best in England. In my own opinion, I think he's better than Kane, but that's a personal... I'm sure we could talk for hours about that debate, but that's yeah. my personal. And I believe I agree with you. I think the, the, the grounding you get and the education you get in non-league, where there's guys who... The, the, the priority is not the football. It's actually the job they have on top of that. Yeah. So like the income doesn't come from football, so did you find, like, did that give you, like, a, I suppose, a determination to make it in the senior game?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think, uh, like I say, like, you kind of, when you, you're, for me, it was, what wo- I was working, I was in college, um, and I was playing football at the same time, so it was, it was a bit manic, and, and kind of, you, ha- you understand what you have to lose as you're coming through the game, and you make it, in, make it kind of, your way into the professional game, you you always have that appreciation of what what you can go back to, and obviously it's, it's, it's nothing against kind of doing that kind of work. But obviously you say you you, you want to be a professional footballer, you want to you want to make it, um, and you you don't want to kind of regret not doing the things that you need to do to do it because you you have a kind of an understanding of what kind of awaits if if you don't put that in, effort in um, constantly.
0: Of course, um, despite of course you did break onto the scene in Albans, it must have been frustrating for you because you did find first team opportunities. I think it's fair to say quite limited there. Um, how frustrating was that?
1: Yeah, it was hard being sixteen and the kind of breaking into the, to the first team as like as a young player. You're thinking, oh, this is it. This is this is where it all skyrockets, and I'm I'm off, and I'm going to kind of do really well, and I'm going to get bought, and I'm going to move into the professional scene, and everything's going to be brilliant. So, and it wasn't like that. As you say, it was. It was tough. It was a real, real tough learning curve, of I've only really started a few games. I was only ever coming on, kind of five minutes, ten minutes here and there, um, and it was kind of not what I was hoping for and what I, what I was expecting. Um, so it was, it was, it was hard to kind of keep, keep my head and and, and keep positive. Um, I was lucky, kind of, as I at being that young, I still had. Uh, college and I still had um, kind of like Sunday league football and, and the youth team football so I still had avenues to play and kind of take my mind off of it but as I said breaking in so young I thought that was kind of that was me often and, and, and kind of starting my journey but it, it wasn't meant to be and it, it didn't happen that way and it's again th- these are all just kind of learning curves this, this taught me um, like kind of not to give up taught me the principles of what actually you need to do to um, play in, in, the, in the game at that level.
2: Uh, so, Craig, you were loaned out to uh, Arlisee, uh during the 2002-2003 season. Um, so, was that something that you needed massively to obviously get you game time? Yeah, game, t- game time was massive uh, and, and playing in
1: men's football was 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 really important, obviously. Being a kid, like, I needed to kind of test myself against men um, physically uh, and like, I, I wasn't that, uh, that big at the time and you just need to learn how to play different ways. You need to learn that you can kind of get that you get kicked to pieces and uh, how to deal with that. Um, so it was it was it was good to go out and get games. I scored some goals, so it kind of gave me um, confidence that I, I could score goals, at, at, especially at non-league level.
2: I know it was in your first full season. You scored uh, seventeen goals and uh, fifty-four appearances, and that that was certainly a good return for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's nice. see I left St Albans, which was disappointing because again like it's, it's down the road like my, my grandparents lived there so I thought it was going to kind of be my my push forward in in the game obviously stepped down to Arsley which is the league below um that was kind of a kicked me in my ego a little bit so it took me a little bit of time to kind of um, adjust to that that I'd, I'd step down another league um but once I kind of Got, got that out of my head and, and just kind of took it for what it is and, and, and the fact that I was actually getting paid to play football at any level is, is amazing so I kind of took that attitude um, and just kind of took that forward and, and really enjoyed my football there met some great people and um, yeah it was just it was a really enjoyable um, period.
2: Uh, and in that successful season for ILC uh, you scored a brace against uh, Dagenham and Redbridge in a 4-2 uh, FA Trophy win uh, so th- did that play a big part in them signing you?
1: Um, I think so. I think obviously talking to John Steele about it, it was it was definitely something that that caught his eye. Um, yeah, it was it was it was amazing to to play against Dagenham, who I knew of because obviously they'd had the FA Cup success and they were they were kind of known as a, a non-league uh, team who kind of done so well in, in, the, in the cup, cup competitions and, and beat the big team. So to go to Dagenham and play, and then obviously to have them to come to Arsley and and do as well as I did was just. It kind of give me more confidence and it kind of gave me more drive to kind of work hard to get to that that level and obviously for, for a phone call to come at the end of the season and say that they were interested in signing me was was, uh, was really exciting.
2: Um, so you played a huge part in the first half of their 2006-2007 uh, uh, promotion season uh, after two mid-table finishes, Um, can you tell me what changed within the Dagger and Redbridge dressing room to make that jump from mid-table to obviously challenge for promotion and, and obviously eventually get it? Um, I think having a team that had spent a few years together, we kind of
1: got used to each other. We were we, we were developing as a team. We were a lot of young lads um, who were, who had come out of kind of the lower, lower levels of non-league. You got like, Paul Benson came from, I think it was White Insignia. Sam Saunders came from Carl Shorten. There was a, a lot of players that were had played lower down. So it was... It was a, it was a big step for us all and they say we were all pretty pretty young at the time so to, to be together for a couple of years I think we were kind of building something we could feel they come in it was just obviously it just took time to kind of maybe find the right pieces for the jigsaw puzzle to put together and and you say that that season um we put them we put them together I think I left just as we kind of got top of the league at Christmas um and then the boys kind of went on and, and finished the job and it was it was uh, like, it was a fantastic uh, like kind of to be part of that squad, it was it was an amazing, very like a very tight knit squad, which which kind of propelled the team forward.
2: Yeah, that sure, certainly showed. Um, looking at your goals, you scored there, scored double figures in every season you had there. Um, lastly, on Dagenham Redbridge, um, what was John still like to work for? Because we interviewed Darren Curry a few weeks ago, and uh, he said he was the the best manager you worked for. Yeah, he's brilliant. He, he's he's
1: he, he works you hard. It, like, it was it, going to pre-season there for my first pre-season was a complete like shock to me because the, the, the amount of work he had to put in um, was, was was a lot more than I was used to. Um, he's, he's very good at kind of getting his teams to play the way he, he wants to play. He'll he, he do you to exactly what he wants. Um, and that was, uh, again, like how the t- the boys knew what he wanted and, and put that game plan uh, perfectly in the state that that season we got promoted. We just knew kind of exactly what we needed to do, how we needed to do it. We, we kind of watched a bit on other teams to understand what they were doing. Um, but he was kind of instrumental in, in helping me through. Uh, when I first joined, It was um, I was kind of part-time and he, he wanted to know if I wanted to go full-time, which was, which was a big big change for me. Um, and when I joined Dagenham, I was a right winger and he kind of got to a point where he felt like he, he could, uh, I could play down the middle foot for the club. Um, and I think that was kind of where everything kind of started to to take off for me. I went up front and, and then I kind of I never really looked back, to be honest.
0: Yeah, you certainly did not look back. And uh, that's where you earned your move to Peterborough United. Now, I think uh, um, I I th- I think I speak on behalf of thousands of listeners who are going to listen into this podcast. they are going to ask the first question. How did the move come about? And what's it like hearing that conversation from Barry Fry when you pick up the phone? <laughs> John
1: just still called me up and just said that we've got uh, Peterborough interested um, would you like to go down and, and speak to them? Um, and it, yeah, it was, I, I, it was kind of like definitely I want to go and speak to him. It's, it's league football. It's it, I knew kind of a bit about them because Aaron McLean had joined them in the um, just before I'd gone there. I think uh, Boydie was in George Boyd was in the kind of process of joining as well. So I knew they were kind of building something. Um, so it was it was great to kind of go down there and, and talk to them. Um, I, I saw Barry at a, a few of our games. Um, and, he, and he just to see how I was doing and, and watch me and stuff like that. So it was, yeah, and no, that was amazing. It's obviously like you see Barry on TV. He's a great character and uh, to kind of have phone calls and, and see him and stuff like that and it's it was a bit surreal at the time um, but it was a, it, an exciting kind of project. I think um, just as I was joining, I think Keith Alexander was the manager and he left and then Darren Ferguson came in. So there was a big, there was a, a, a kind of a big drive at the time I think Peterborough probably one of the first clubs to to kind of delve into to non league to the extent that they did. I think at that, at that time when I joined, I think they must have brought five to ten players out of non league um, to to kind of create something something different.
0: Of course, I mean I think um, what what I'll say about Peterborough is they do have a quite a unique identity in the sense that they there are almost perennially seems to be quite ambitious no matter what league they're playing in. Darren McAntony is very vocal, of course. He's very vocal in marketing the club. <laughs> then you've got Barry Fry to supplement that. I don't know what it must be like when you lose a game. And if, if you go in a bad on a form, does it get quite nasty?
1: No, it's, it's, it's good. You're, you're very well protected. Obviously, Fergie was very, very good of us. He, he kept that pressure away from us. We never, we never kind of had that. It was always kind of like, he, he would kind of tell us how he felt. He would never kind of, Convey what the the, the the people above him would say. Um, so it was it was it was made easy for us to kind of go and play football. If if we were last he would take all the pressure for us and allow us to kind of uh, see what went wrong with the game and put that right. Um, and I think kind of when you look at the success we had, I think he, he was obviously a major the part of that. And I say the major part of kind of protecting us from from anything negative if, and allowing us to kind of go out um, and kind of uh, play our game. And especially as well because we're coming from non-league. It's obviously the pressure goes up. You step into the league; it's a whole, it's a whole different level. The, the, the pressure becomes a lot more. And say, ten, five to ten young lads who are coming out of non-league—it's—it's um, it's a, it's a different ball game, really. So for him to kind of, as say, kind of protect us and allow us just to play our game, um, really helped us all.
0: I mean, it must have been great for you, especially because making the start you did, coming from non-league, of course, to to. The P- P- Peterborough were in league football you scored eight goals in your first 15 games that's more than a goal a game how did you feel like did you think wow I've made it here oh,
1: it's just, I think the good thing about me when I was young was I was just very naive and it was just never there was never a thought of kind of like oh, I do, uh, kind of do so well and I'm going to get another move really quickly and, and like or oh, the pressure think of the pressure it was just like I wanted to play football and, I did, and it didn't matter if I got 25 chances and missed them all in a game or I got one chance and, and, and I scored it was just like So it was just, I was just so carefree and I never really took that pressure on my shoulders. So to go in there, I think I was just so relaxed and because I'd scored quite a few goals at Dagenham, I was just in a very kind of, I was just in a confident vein of form. So I just went in there, just applied my game how I felt I needed to and and yeah, at that time it just felt like everything I I was kicking was just going in the back of the goal and it, you
0: do look at it and think, wow, like, this, is, <laughs> this is quite simple. <laughs> of course, I mean, Ed, if it was simple, everyone would do it, Craig. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously, the next two seasons after that, um, we're just, it's just seemed like a huge wave of momentum by getting back to back promotions. Um, what made that? You mentioned obviously Boydie, Adam McLean, because I remember that front three of it, of course. Um, it just seemed like everything you were touching, like you say, was just turning to gold. Um, what made that dressing room so special?
1: Um, I just think we, we were all young lads, we were all trying to make it in the game. And there, there was no kind of like, I wanna do well and, and and if you don't do well, like, I don't care. Like we were all wanted each other to do well. We all wanted each other to kind of progress and, and hopefully all we'll progress with Peterborough. But it was a case of like we all want each other to do well. And if you get a move like to a bigger club, then fantastic. Like that was the mentality of the team. And it was say we were we were all kind of young and probably naive as well. So we maybe didn't take the pressure on board as much and it said like Fergie protected as well. Um, and I think that's probably what, what drove us. We were, we were all hungry to, for success, hungry to to be the best we could be. Um, it was a great in, environment to be. We, we lived probably, there was two estates within Peterborough and we basically lived on both of those estates. Um, we'd spent every waking minute with each other, which was good some days and not so other days. But again, like after training, we'd go back to someone's house, someone would cook dinner, we'd sit, we'd watch a film, we'd all go to a cinema together. If we'd go on a night out, like the whole team would go on a night out, um, we we just do everything together and and we'd hold each other accountable. Like the next day on the training pitch, or, or we'd help hold each other accountable um, on a Saturday.
0: What's M. Peter like for a night out?
1: Um, it was good when I was there. That like, it, it, it was it, I, it was it was kind of like you, you you'd go out and you get recognised and you kind of treated well. We obviously kind of fed your ego a little bit, but. It, in my time there, it was, it was a really good place to go out. There's some nice kind of uh, bars and uh, restaurants and stuff. Like, I don't know so much now because I, I don't live there, so I don't, I don't know what it's like. But for, for a 22, 23 year old coming through, like, it was a, it was a, a, great, a great time to, to be around the club and around the town. We were, we were doing so well, we were getting, getting promote, uh, promotions and, and we were playing exciting football and it, everyone kind of wanted to, to talk to you and be, be a part of it and, and that was fantastic.
0: Obviously, Peterborough is like a, like a one-club town. Um, did you have a siege mentality? Because, like, obviously, it's only yourselves in the town. There's no real... I know Norwich are not too far away, but in, in that sense, like, you've only got yourself to concentrate on. Um, did you find that... Within Bar- I don't Barry Fry McAntonie and and whoever and Fergie have the mentality, like, they don't want to come to Peterborough and play. They don't want to come here. Like, let's show them why they don't want to come here. Was, was that kind of mentality he's had?
1: Yeah, we just... I think we just had a way of playing, and I think it was just like, this is our this is our ground like we 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 don't change the way we play for anyone home or away and we just kind of made you say we made it into a fortress like if teams would come to us there was games when we'd be 0 nil down at half time and we'd win 5-3 and 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 that wasn't like a one off like we do that four or five times a season and it was just like we, we we worked so hard i think to make it a fortress and make it a place where it didn't kind of matter what what the score was um, and how they were playing. We just knew if we could turn, turn get the game turned around and, and go towards the London Road end, like, we'd, we'd win. We, did, As I say, it didn't matter. If we were 3-0 down, the, the confidence of the boys was like, we're going to score 4-5 or five now. And, and I think that just showed, And as I said, when teams come here and, and they could feel that momentum happening and the crowd getting on top of them, I think it, a lot of teams caved in from that.
0: You mentioned a few... You had a few great attacking players. You mentioned George Boyd, another Scotland international, Aaron McLean. Am I even saying Aaron McLean's brother? Is a famous rapper.
1: He's a yeah, he's a singer, an r
0: singer. Yeah. Aaron McLean, his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember that listening to some of his stuff. Oh, aye. <laughs> Does Aaron do it as well? Um, probably not as good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's better with football. He stick to that. What well, yeah. he did did that. That was quite. That was quite a kind of um, renowned, famous front three. You had it was yourself, Boyd and McLean. Um, how did you find playing with him? It was it was brilliant.
1: Uh, I think the, 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 when we came together, there was a lot of talk of whether we could play together. We were we were pre- pretty similar. We were both kind of kind of small, quick, strong. He was very good in the air. I liked to run around all day. Um, so obviously at, at, at the time, I think it, like a big striker and a small striker was quite the end thing and. For us two to be playing together, a lot of people uh, I think questioned whether we could do it. Um, but as I said, we, we were kind of like very determined, we were kind of um, naive about the situation. So we just kind of like, we just wanted to prove people wrong, we wanted to prove that we could we could play together. And, and uh, as we went along, we, we had such a great affinity, such a, um, a great relationship that, it, and it's, it was a case of like, if he scores great, if I score great, if I'm uh, two yards out and he's in a better position, I'm going to pass it to him. Um, and I think that was that kind of went throughout the whole of the pitch. There, was, there was no kind of um, do it for myself. It was, it was always about do it for the team. And I think to say that, I think that's why we were so successful as a front three and, and as
0: a squad. Of course, and one thing I wanted to touch on, I'm a bit of a stadium geek. I, lo- I, just, I just love visiting new stadiums and like understanding atmospheres, understanding like, for example, where are the positioned in a town are the next to the streets? Are they out in the sticks, like Brighton is? Yeah, um, for example, um, what was it like playing at London Road? Because the atmosphere always looked amazing, just with the terracing, the old school terracing behind the goal. It looked fantastic. Yeah, I think the terracing
1: was was so beneficial. Yeah. I think it, it kept the noise in. Obviously, uh, all, everyone was standing up and jumping about. It was it's it's amazing, amazing ground. It was a, a fantastic place to so say once once the crowd got going and the noise got going. It was it was a it was a very very loud ground. It was it's, it's kind of uh, say there's not many grounds now that have kind of standing, and um, but I think that, that helps generate a, a, a lot of noise. Um, and it was always fantastic. It was always a fantastic like on a Saturday or under the floodlights that we we would love playing there.
0: Yeah, it certainly seemed like it in the way you played. Um, what would you say? What would you say to the Peterborough fans? What was your most memorable game played there?
1: Oh, at London Road. Hi. Uh There's so many. Um, there's probably one in the championship I didn't score in it, but it's still memorable. Uh, was we, we we played Cardiff and we were we were four 0 down at half time, um, and I think a lot of the people might have left. I don't, I don't know, but it was it was it was not uh, like the the best performance from us. Um, but we came out second half and and we scored four goals and ended up drawing four all. I think that's like one that, that massively sticks out for me at, at London Road. Um, but there, there was a few of, of games where we were, say we were kind of three nil down and ended up winning five three or four three. Um, it was just say in the second half we'd always played towards the London Road end, and we knew if we we got one, it, it was just it wasn't a case of like stopping there. Like it was like how many could we get in forty five minutes? So it was it was just a phenomenal phenomenal kind of period of time to play at the club.
0: I think uh, I think uh, what a lot of um, broadly speaking, a lot of football fans would like to know, because um, I think at the time Darren Ferguson was um, um, maybe not maybe not seen as a way of he was going to emulate his dad, but could you see see shades of Alex and Darren?
1: Um, he had an aggressive nature sometimes, which is I think like his dad, like, he, he could let go a few uh, sometimes, which I think you need to do as a manager. I think that um, you have to be able to do that it's very difficult for him to obviously to to live up to that reputation is is almost impossible so he was always getting the comparisons of of his dad and stuff like that and i think he 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 tried to kind of create his own his own style of play his own way of doing things uh, we were seen as a very much as a, a kind of a ball playing team we we passed the ball we'd get it down we we played with very attacking fullbacks um, so I think he, he wanted to create his his own his own legacy really, and I think he had uh, done a fantastic job, um, while he, at his time at Peterborough um, with with us, um, and obviously he's he's kind of done well over the last few years, different places, and now he's he's back at Peterborough. Um, but as I said, it's, it's a difficult it's a it's a one when your dad's probably the the best manager that's ever been. It's it's a hard task. Everyone's always going to be comparing you to him. So as I said, I think he's he's done great to kind of. Um, kind of create his own his own legacy and, and hopefully there's like more success for him at Peterborough um, um,
0: in the future. Yeah, would you ever like see Alex at the training ground or would come the, to the games and that?
1: He came to the games a few times and then he got banned because he, we we lost every time he came he'd he, lose. So he he got he got banned from from coming to to, to games. Um, I think I've seen I think I've seen on TV he's been at a few games recently, but he, he definitely got banned and we were very privileged obviously to. To have Darren and obviously his dad, we, we used the Man United training ground a few times and he'd come down and, and watch the, the, the boys train and stuff like that. So um, we, we met him a couple of times and, and obviously a, a fantastic man um, and a legend. Um, so we, yeah, we were very, very lucky to, to have that opportunity to do those things.
0: You mentioned, of course, Ed, the Cardiff game that was in the championship. It wasn't a particularly happy season for you. It was quite a tough season for you guys in the championship. What do you think exactly went wrong?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know whether we kind of didn't realise how hard the division was going to be, or or kind of um, whether we were prepared. Right, like, I don't know. I, I can't really put my finger on it. I felt like we we finished, we done well the season before. We came up, I think, second out of the, out of the out of League One. Um, we had a very good team. Um, and I think we started okay, and then I think it, it just kind of. It, it, we just didn't perform, um, and I think that was the case. Um, we had a quite a few managers. I think Fergie left, and then we had a quite a few managers in, in between that, and a lot of different players come in and go in, um, which made it a, a lot more difficult. Um, so I think there was just a, a lots of different factors that played into it. Um, so and it was, I think it was a big learning curve for, for the players, and I think it was a big learning curve kind of uh, for the staff and, and, and the management and, and kind of the chairman and stuff like that.
0: Of course, um, well, in the next season, the club did bounce straight back. And a huge reason for that was down to your goals. Um, would you say that that was maybe your, because you scored in the playoff final, um, there were murmurings at the time you were the most prolific striker in the whole of England. Now, there were murmurings there. Did you think that was going to lead to a huge move? I know I know uh, you went to Brighton, of course, but like... Yeah, I think
1: I'd I, I done really well. It was, it was a fantastic season. I, I think I scored 35 goals. Um, which was like, I, I just, I, it was just one of those seasons where everything I hit was going in. I felt so confident. Um, I was just very relaxed about the season and, and, and enjoying my football. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was, obviously, it would have been amazing to have, have gone to the Premier League um, through that, but it, it, that didn't happen. And I, and I joined a fantastic club in Brighton and a club that I knew had the capabilities of making it to the Premier League um, and the future. Showed that that was the case with the club. They made the Premier League. Like sadly for me, it wasn't meant to be. You know, and it wasn't meant to be with, with the club. I always knew they had the the capabilities of, of making it there. Um, and it was, and to say it's a it's, a fanta- it's fantastic to see them there and, and, and obviously still competing really well. Yeah, why did you end up choosing Brighton? Um, I think it was the, the amount of time that Gus spent with me and actually took time to talk to me and, um. Kind of explain his vision and the vision for the club and, and what he expected of me and what they were going to provide for me. We I think we spent two and a half hours um, talking and and kind of going over everything. And they they'd taken all my stats and who, what I'd done and shots on target and all these different things. It, it, it was a real kind of like they wanted me there. They want they 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 kind of took me in and said everything that they wanted me to do. And it just made me feel wanted. It made me feel like I'd, I'd done really well and, and, and this this club really wanted me to join. And they they studied me and kind of seen what I can bring to the club and what they can help me with um, I did meet other managers and and they gave me kind of 10 15 minutes of their time and it was and obviously the clubs were a lot, uh, were a lot bigger um, but it just it, it, again it was just that you want to be be kind of acknowledged and you want to be uh, feel like the, the club at you actually want you to join and and you're bringing something to them and they're bringing something to you and and the other clubs didn't really feel like they they did that uh, for me, and, and whereas uh, Gus and his team um, did, and as I said, the, the the structure and what Brighton were trying to create was a really exciting uh, kind of project and challenge, and one I wanted to be part of them, and one I could see
0: ending up in the Premier League. You remember what other clubs were interested in you before Brighton swooped in?
1: Um, I think uh, there was West Ham and Leicester um, were interested, and I, I met them, and to say it wasn't kind of how I expected it to be. Um, obviously, they are fantastic clubs, and, and maybe they were, they are a lot, a lot bigger clubs than um, Brighton at the time. But it's again, for me, uh, it's it's about feeling and, and obviously wanting to, to, someone to work with you. And, and I felt like those those clubs didn't um, kind of convey that to me, uh, whereas Brighton did, and and, and that's why it my decision was to join
0: Brighton. I've got to say, man, see, like, I remember when, like, growing up, watching Gus Poyet play for Chelsea, and then, of course, Spurs. I thought he was a f- fantastic player. I loved the way he plays. So, played with so much flair, played with so much intensity. His range of passing was ridiculous. Was he the best player in training? He was up there. <laughs>
1: like, he'd, 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 do you remember the volley he did? The, like, the I scissor volley? See, yeah. He'd replicate that all the time in training when he'd join in. And it was just like, and then it obviously being at Chelsea, Zola came down a, a couple of times, and Dennis Wise, and and then you're, you're you're kind of training with them, thinking like I'm at the peak of my career, and they they've retired, and they're still they're still like bopping <laughs> the ball all around us. So it was, uh, no, it's fan- fascinating to to watch them, and obviously Gus, um, he was a fantastic player, and. Um, he obviously brought all those qualities to to his management style and and,
0: and his flair and, and obviously what he wanted from from his Brighton team. I mean, it was a tricky first season uh, for you. How hard must it have felt like? I mean, I mean, obviously coming back to your peak, um, you were trying to adapt to a new style of football. How hard was that transition?
1: It was difficult. It was, it was difficult because I, I think obviously going from being at Peterborough. Um, The game was just so suited to me. It was kind of the fullbacks were high. We'd get the ball forward quick. Uh, For me, I was always on the shoulder. I always wanted the ball in behind. Um, And then obviously going to Brighton, it was kind of a little bit slower. We'd keep the ball a lot longer. Um, We never, we didn't go as forward as quick as we, we, as I'd hoped we'd like. Um, And I had to kind of learn a different way of playing. I learned how to hold the ball up. I had to learn a bit more to kind of be patient with my runs. Um, so it was, it was difficult. I, I say, I felt my my game at that time was best suited to, to be kind of get the ball forward as quick as possible and, and attack and allow me to, to run. Um, but also understand that, that the, the championship, has, you have to kind of adapt differently um, and play a different way. And obviously, as a footballer, like you have to learn to adapt. And um, I felt like it did definitely help me adapt as a player. But I feel maybe some... Something of me was was missed at Brighton, and, and maybe didn't get seen at Brighton as much as it did at Peterborough. Did you move your whole family down to the south coast? Yeah, it's just me and my, my partner at the time. So we we went down. Um, it, was, it was an exciting journey, really, obviously to go from from Peterborough and then to move down to to Brighton. Um, it was just a, just an amazing. It's an amazing place, like amazing to be down there. Um, so yeah, we we moved down there I was, I was down there for for four years. Um, and we, we loved every minute. It was just a, a great place to be like every day. Well, it's, if it's, it was the nice, night, you'd go down to the beach and that, and it's, it's it's not a bad a bad life.
0: I went to Brighton for a night out like uh, last year, and it was the worst day of the year in terms of weather. So I, th- I think I need to go back. It's, yeah, um, yeah. Is it amazing? Like when the sun's out in the heat of summer, the, the pubs are really good actually. And what kind yeah, of like, nightlife did you have down there? It's,
1: it's, it's great. Well, you, you have all different types of nightlife. Obviously, you've got the student nightlife. You've got a bit more. Kind of uh, upper class and nightlife high life you, you've got you've got lovely restaurants there's lots there's a uh, hundreds of decent restaurants to choose from it's it's a, it is a fantastic place to so say if you if you go there on a, on a, on a good weekend or a, a nice sunny day um you you, you capture the whole
0: of, of what brighton's about who are the kind of big characters in the dressing room at that thing? um have yeah, gordon greer oh he big was, scottish guy yeah. yeah yeah he was the
1: captain and so he he was a f- fiery guy who, uh, who who kept everyone on their toes and 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 demanded from everyone, which was which is great, which is which is always always what you need. We um, yeah, have kind of had uh, Adam Alab, who was who was a a good speaker and and, and outgoing. Uh, Gary Dicker, centre um, midfielder at Kilmarnock now, so he's, he, he was a he was a joker. He would he, he loved to loved to joke about. Um, who else did you have? Um, you yeah, had Kazenga Lawalawa came in, I think. In obviously, fantastic player, uh, absolute amazing athlete. Uh, so there was there was some fantastic. There was a fantastic uh, group of players. Ashley Barnes, who's obviously gone on to do fantastically well with with Burnley. Um, so again, it was all all a lot of players who had not really been in the championship, who were kind of learning their way. So the first season, I think, was was. Pretty good. We were we were close to the playoffs, I think, and then with, with five games to go, and then I think we dropped off. Um, so I think it was a good a good learning curve for for, for everyone at, at the club to to kind of see what championship football was like and what what was
0: needed to kind of um, be be up and around it. Of course, um, like um, you picked up quite a serious Achilles injury um, in March 2013. Um, can you give the listeners an insight into how to deal with a long term injury like that mentally and physically?
1: Um, yeah, well, it was interesting it, how it came about as well because it's, I, I think it was just fate, or it was just—it's it's something because the the day of the, the game, um, Matthew Upson, we was there at the time, centre half, and he was talking about kind of his worst injuries, and he was, he explained that he had ruptured his Achilles and how bad it was and how hard it was to, to come back from. So this was like um, either on the way to the game or before the game, um, and I was meant to be on the bench that day. Uh, Ashley Barnes and I think Leo Ojoa were playing up front. So, Barnes, came down at the team meeting and, and told Gus that he was ill and he couldn't play in the game. Um, so, Gus completely rearranged the team and took him and Leo out and put me and Andrea Landi up front, um, which was obviously great because I wanted to play, but it was just obviously a bit of a shock. So, we, we got to the game. Um, the game was nil-nil. It was, it was a, not a really great game. To be uh, to to be going and uh, right on half time or just a minute before half time, I turned to sprint and uh, I felt like um someone had trodden on my Achilles. I thought the defender had caught me and trodden on my Achilles because it sent me flying. And then I turned around and I looked and he was nowhere near me. Um, and it's exactly how Matthew Upson described it. It was like someone was like i like shot you in your, your your Achilles and and then you just kind of go flying basically. And yeah, it was it was a. Uh, as soon as I'd done it as well, I knew what I'd done, I knew exactly what I'd done. Um, so I, I was kind of like in my head, I was almost instantly prepared for what was to be said and, and what, was, what was coming. The only thing I didn't kind of account for was that the, the length of time it was actually going to take to recover from it, because I thought it was going to be oh, two, three months, like I'll, I'll be back, obviously we were doing, we were doing really, really well. Um, I think at the end of that season, we got to the playoffs. So I was was thinking maybe I'd kind of be back in time to to kind of see the final push of the season. Um, And then obviously to go and have the surgery and say kind of like minimum is nine months. That was really, really hard to take. Like, because I I, I felt like I was doing well that season. I think I had like 11 goals in 20 odd games. Um, I feel like I was slowly kind of doing doing better. Um, And then obviously for that to be said, it was just kind of, it was really, really difficult. So the whole of that summer I spent with the physio, I, didn't, I, didn't, I went away for about a week. And then for the rest of that, almost every, other, every day I was in with a physio and having to learn to walk again. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a painfully slow process. And then kind of halfway through, maybe, well, maybe even nine months through maybe, um, I started to kind of jog and just and I was having problems jogging and, and still loads of pain so from that point it took me another five months to kind of get, um, get myself fully fit and play again so it was almost 13 months kind of out. Um, obviously watching the boys miss out in the playoffs was really really difficult because obviously it was against Palace as well which was which, was, which wasn't ideal. Um, it was, I'd say we're two games away from getting into the Premier League which would have been amazing so to, to, to not be involved in all these things and to kind of have to, to rebuild myself was, was really a real tough period. Um, and I think looking back at it now, I definitely feel that that was a big change in who, like, who I was as a player, how I played as a player. I think it, it took a lot out of me physically um, and I had to kind of really mentally and physically retrain like, who I was and, and how, I'd, how I'd actually play.
0: Yeah, of course, um, there's now a real kind of campaign within football, especially, um, to increase the awareness of mental health and the impact injuries can have. Um, did you find your mental health was um, suffering as a result of that?
1: Um, I think it, it was for a bit. And then, lucky for me, I had my, like, my first child in, in August of that year. So I'd kind of been kind of maybe four or five months into my injury. Um, and that was a blessing, really. It kind of completely changed my focus, changed like, like my outlook on on everything. Um, obviously, I got to spend a, a lot more time at home, um, so I, 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 that was a, a, kind of was a great time for me, for thing uh, for, for me to come to my life at that time. Um, but I can see how being injured for so long and Kind of being out of the game can really affect your mental health. you you go kind of from being in a uh, squad of 25, 26 players, laughing, joking, going out to training every day, being involved in the game, to kind of being away from that. Kind of you 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 come in early, so you miss everyone. You go home late, so you don't see anyone. You spend all your time in the gym. Um, so it, it is really tough. It's 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 hard not to be involved in a in a, in a social environment like that. Um, so I can understand how. People's mental health is affected massively through injury.
0: Um, the following season, of course, you were the back for Brighton's running, where you played Derby uh, in the playoffs. Um, do you think at the time it was just a case that Derby were better than Brighton?
1: Yeah, I think that look at that season. Derby's team was was, was very very good. They were they were playing fantastic football. Um, I think we were just we were unlucky in the first leg. I think if we could have kind of kept it close, like kept it yeah like level going into the get away game then i think maybe we would have had a bit more of a chance um but they were they were flying at the time they were they were unlucky not to kind of go up automatically and um the play i think, they had, I think johnny russell was there at the time and chris martin um they, they i think craig bryson was there they had some some very very good players um who who played some great football um it was disappointing for me obviously I don't feel like I featured enough. I feel like I played. I think I played about five, ten minutes in the first leg, and then I probably came on in the in the second leg with about ten, fifteen minutes to go. So it's a bit disappointing. I'd have liked to have been involved more, Um, but I think just just over those two games, I think we were beaten by the better team. Mm.
0: That's unfortunate, indeed. Of course, then that leads to players' exit. Now Vicente, who I grew up loving as well, because he was at Valencia, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. What a player! Um, he's on record as saying about Gus Poyet, he's the worst person he's ever came across in football. Now I don't know what went on behind the scenes there, but is that an unfair assessment?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. I, mean, I think every player has a different view of, of different managers, depending on how you, how you treated, how you treat them, etc. So everyone has their own their own viewpoint. The centre as a player it was was amazing. Like watching him in training. Like the things he could do were just fantastic. You could see why Real Madrid tried to buy him, and, and, and what quality he had. he had. Obviously, they had their, their issues, and I, I don't know what they were. As I said, every every player can has their own issues with, with a manager. Um, they obviously just didn't see eye to eye, um, and obviously that that's his his, his opinion of, of Gus. Um, they were they were both fantastic in their own their own regards. and so, uh, Gus as a manager, he done he done fantastically well for the club, and. But is just disappointing that we, we never got to see the, the kind of the whole of him. I think he was always 70, 80% fit and, and, you, and you saw absolute magic in him at that point. So if, if he was 100% fit,
0: like, it, it would have been amazing to have seen what he would have uh, brought to the team. Of course. From Poiet, Sam Hupia was made manager the next season. Um, what was he like to play under? Because he's a mercurial figure, like for Liverpool, and English football is really recognised as being one of the best defenders that probably played the game in the last fifteen, twenty years. What was he like to play under?
1: Yeah, he was great. Sammy, Sammy came after Oscar Garcia, though.
0: Oh, that's right. of course, that yeah, yeah.
1: But he was, he was, he was good. He was obviously a, like a legend at Liverpool and everything he'd done. Um, he came, he came in, and he brought a style of play that Liverpool, I think, play now. Like he, he was kind of like. The left back get, like, bombs on, the right back bombs on, the two uh, centre halves and the two midfielders hold, um, and you just it was it, it was basically all that attack really. Um, but it was a it, it, if you look at the Liverpool team now, it's very similar to how they play. So I think he was kind of a bit ahead of his of time of how he wanted to play. Um, I remember us playing one game though away to Leeds. Um, and we won 2-1 and we had 70% possession and it was like, we were like Barcelona. It was ridiculous. And we were all going, oh my God, this is the best system ever. Like we're going to be, we're going to win, win the league and stuff. And it didn't quite happen that way. Cause I think ultimately we, we, like, we didn't have maybe the players uh, to kind of understand and play that. Um, and I think teams kind of figured it out and worked out how to break it down. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a shame. Obviously the year lasted till Christmas um, he, I went out on loan for a period of his, his tenure um, to Peterborough because I, I needed games at that time. I Obviously, coming back off of the injury and trying to play again, I needed to play games regularly. And I, I played a few games under him. And then he, I think he brought in, I think Darren Bent came in maybe. Um, so he, he kind of became the, the, the sole striker and I needed to play games. So I went off to Peterborough. And then I came back from Peterborough when when he left under under Nathan Jones. But as I said, I think Sammy was a great guy, um, and I say, maybe his style of play was his style of play was just maybe ahead of its time.
0: Mm. Of course, then did you think you could maybe under Nathan Jones when you were recalled? Did you think that was your springboard to really kick on from that?
1: Well, I was hoping to to come back and and play play regularly. Um, Kind of get my my game time, um, and and I, I just needed I needed to play games. Say so I think I, I was a completely different player when I came back. I was I was probably a bit heavier because of spending maybe too much time in the gym. I probably wasn't as, as sharp as I I needed to be. Um, so I needed to play games regularly to to kind of uh, find that. And I felt like I started doing okay under Nathan. Um, I played a couple of games, and then then Chris Shuteen came in, um, and it. Obviously, at that period of time, we were kind of almost, we were in a relegation battle. Um, and Chris has um, done done fantastically well to keep us in the division. But I think it kind of came at the cost of uh, us forwards kind of being attacking. I think we went, we were very defensive. Uh, we didn't really create any chances or many chances. Um, so at, kind of for the forwards, it, it, it was very, very difficult. Um, and I don't feel like kind of towards the end of that season, I, I really got to kind of showcase what I had. And as I said at the time also, I was, I was trying to really understand who I was as a player and what I could bring to the team. So it was a, it was a, a tough little period.
2: Um, so after being released uh, by Brighton, um, you chose to join Luton uh, ahead of Blackpool and Southend also interesting you. Um, so why did you uh, join Luton? Um, well, John Steele was a manager um, at the time and obviously I'd
1: worked under him um, at Dagenham, so I knew like what he wanted, how he wanted to play. I knew what what uh, Luton as a club were, and, and obviously they were very ambitious, and they wanted to to, to push the club forward. And um, I just felt kind of going back, working with John, um, it would kind of give me uh, what I needed as a play. It helped me kind of, help me along, kind of um, get back to how I wanted to play, or as I said, or kind of find who I was as a player, and and help me kind of. Uh, Put my
2: career back on track. Um, and you having a, a pretty first uh, solid season with uh, Luton, um, playing regularly and definitely chipping in some goals and assists. Um, but however, did uh, have a, a fractured uh, tibia. Um, did that hugely affect your game time there um, on, onwards at Luton? Yeah,
1: yeah, massively. Was, I think I was. It was a way to to Plymouth, and I and I, yeah, I broke my got my foot caught and uh, kind of got nudged and, and yeah, fractured my my shin um, and I think at the time we did not think it was it was too bad uh, we were kind of looking at two to three months and then um, the fracture didn't heal I came back pre-season started running and still had pain um, and then obviously went back in to have an operation um, so it kind of put me out for eight months so it kind of it, it, it scuppered my time at Luton it, again I, over the summer I had to kind of work hard to, to try and get fit and um, John Steele kind of left, um, and, and Nathan Jones came in uh, in charge, and obviously he had a different direction to to go in. Um, he had also had some Jack Marriott, uh, Danny Hilton, and Isaac Vassell as forwards at the time, so it, it, it was a it was it was tough for me because obviously they're young, they're up and coming, they were they were doing really well, and then you've got myself who's who's done done well kind of previous seasons and uh, kind of working my way back from injury. Um, it's kind of a, a difficult thing to kind of then say, oh well, I'm going to uh, leave these young lads out who are doing well and, and bring this kind of older older pro back into the to the to the mix. So it was it was a shame. Um, I think uh, again, I went back out on loan to Peterborough to to get games. So I think my time I knew my kind of time at Luton was up. Um, so it was just great to go back to Peterborough, like a club I know and and love, and and I've done really well. I think I scored five goals in 13 odd games and. It was great. that like Grant McCann brought me in, who I played with at Peterborough, so he gave me an opportunity just to kind of get myself fit and strong and healthy again. And I felt like I, I, I rewarded him with, with some goals. Um, so it was, uh, it, it worked out well, really.
0: Yeah, actually,
2: quickly just touching on Grant McCann, um, he's gone on to do pretty well and, and, and moved up to be a championship manager uh, after after leaving Peterborough. Um, did you, did you, when you worked with Grant McCann, did you think that he would? You know, be, um, become a really good uh, championship manager.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think like he's got the capabilities. that like, when we played, he was he, he was he was a great trainer. He worked hard. Um, he studied the game. Um, obviously, he went into coaching after that, um, and then he got his chance with Peterborough. Um, he had done fantastically well. Like I think the way he played was great. He got the ball down. He wanted people to pass it. Um, it was a shame that he kind of. Uh, kind of parted company with Peterborough um i think if he'd have stayed i think he would have had kind of more success um but he went off to obviously to Doncaster and done fantastically well with, with Donny and then he's gone to hull and he's he's making his way with hull um, i think he's a he's got his, his way of playing and 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 which is a fantastic way of playing and um i, I think he's only I say four or five years into his management career he's still young he's still got a He's still going to learn a lot, and I think he'll he'll do really well over the the coming years.
2: Um. So after you left Luton, um, you went to Wickham, and Gareth Ainsworth is creating something really special there. And obviously, you got promoted Wickham. Um. Just talk about your your memories of that season and working with Gareth Ainsworth as well.
1: Yeah, it was it was amazing. Obviously, I kind of come off the back of that season scoring for five goals in I think thirteen games with Peterborough, and I was kind of hopeful that. That uh, Peterborough would say that we, we can give you a year, like well, you can stay here and and, and play, and and it, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. They went in a different direction. So um, yeah, I was I was looking for a club throughout that, that time, and um, I knew Gareth was interested. Um, I knew a few of the players. Like Sam Saunders was there. I knew him. I knew Barry Richardson, the goalkeeping coach. So I had a had a chat with them to see what the the club was like and, and what they were they wanted to achieve, and and it, they kind of explained how it was very very tight knit and. Obviously, the Gaff has a certain way of playing and, and, and brings good people on board and it's enjoyable. So um, I went down and met them and um, met the squad. And obviously, at the time when I joined, you had kind of uh, Akin you had Nathan Tyson, I think Adam Alad joined, you had Marcus Bean, Sam Saunders. So you had some uh, fantastic older players, experienced players. And I think the one thing about all those players was that they were all, Still willing to prove people wrong, and still willing to prove people that they had something to give in the game. Still prove that they they could achieve stuff. And I think that's why we were successful that season is because we had a, a, a bunch of kind of older players who still wanted to achieve, and you had a, a group of young younger players that wanted to to learn from the older players. And the, and the standard was was never um, let down. If you if you let the the older players down, then you knew about it. So it, they, it kind of created a great. Um, a great team spirit, a, a kind of a great uh, uh, dressing room there that has kind of pushed them forward. And as you can see, like, no one expected them to get promoted to the, to the championship. And uh, I think that's kind of down to two things. One, the dressing room is, is amazing. It's, it's one of the best dressing rooms I've, I've ever been in. Um, they back each other. they um, very much like Peter, but they all want each other to do well. They all want to succeed. And, 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 and the way the, the, the manager manages them, he, he allows the dressing room to manage itself. Um, he gets people, um, uh, kind of as his generals, who, who manage the dressing room. Um, and then he, he does his bit. He does bit on his training ground. Um, he, he does um, all the right things. He's got Dobbo's assistant, who is fantastic, who's, who's a great um, studier of the game. So they, 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 do, they, they work long hours to make the, 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 the club function um, as, as well as it's functioning.
0: You mentioned the big Akin Fenway there. Now, he just seems like the best guy ever. Is he exactly what we see on TV? Is that, is that what he's like?
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's, he's a great guy. You see him on TV, his enthusiasm. Um, like, again, there's someone who's been told he was too big to play the game um, and kind of defy the odds and show people what he's capable of and, and achieve fantastic things within the game. Um, he's, he's a great person in the dressing room as well. Um, so he's 38 years old now. Um, he's going to get his opportunity in the championship, which is amazing. And then so he he sets the standard. He, he he shows the boys what they've got to do, and, and, and they have to follow. And if and if they don't, they get they get into a bit of headlock.
0: Yeah, is he funny? Because I mean, the impression we've got as outsiders is that he's hilarious, constantly like constantly cracking jokes.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's 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 a great guy. Like I say, for for morale and pushing the team forward. Um, he's he's fantastic. He he's he's kind of driven that, that dressing room forward, and he, he helps the young lads on. He's always taking time to to speak to the boys and um, explain things and how they can how they can better themselves or, or whatever they need to do. So um, what you see on TV is, is what you get with, with him, and, and he's a fantastic
0: man. Did ever uh, has he ever bench Gareth Ensworth?
1: Has he? Has he, he
0: ever he... benched him? I. Eh?
1: He, yeah, he could do quite probably with one arm. To be honest, he's he, he is ridiculously strong. He's, he's he's someone you 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 don't want to insult if you're too close to him. If you if you insult him, and you're, you can run away from him. You're alright, but if if you're close to him and he gets you, you're 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 not getting out of his headlock.
0: Can totally, totally imagine that. <laughs> um, I've got a few questions, of course, in um, with regards to your Scotland career, which we'll get to. Um, I do want to ask you about the, your time at Notts County when you when you went on loan there in the 2019 season. Um, now, um, you played 16 games scored three goals. Were you surprised at the size of the club?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an a, amazing club. Obviously, I played against it um, a few times and I knew, obviously, with the ground and the fans and stuff like that, it, it's, a, it's a fantastically well-supported club. It has, it has a huge, huge history in the game. Um, so when the opportunity came to join on loan, and obviously with the, the situation, it was I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be there. I wanted to try and help the, the club. Kind of avoid relegation, um, and I think my first game at home there was twelve thousand people for a team that was um, I don't know whether at bottom or just or in the relegation zone in, in League Two, which was just phenomenal. And and then, and then, I think over the time I was there, the average crowd was kind of nine thousand. So it just shows how well supported it is. It was a shame that like we did as as much as we could to 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 stay out. I think with twenty minutes to go on the final day, we we were safe, and then obviously things took a turn and um, we we got relegated, which was which was gutting. But obviously, I think the, the club's rebuilding now. They were um, unlucky; they missed out on the playoffs in, in the conference this season. Um, but I, I think they they'll, they'll, they've got a good chance of going up up this season and, and kind of being back where they belong. Really, so it's, it's a it's a fantastic club with, with huge history, and um, I'm hoping they they can they can do that and, and get back.
0: Of course. Now there's going to be a lot of um, I think Scotland fans are going to be listening to this just given the fact that it's you and they, they, they remember your name and maybe the fact you played for Scotland. I wanted to just touch on this broadly speaking. How do you qualify for Scotland?
1: My uh, my nan, my nan, she was born in uh, Edinburgh, so it's, I qualified uh, through that. Um, but I, I asked once I when I joined Peterborough, I asked Barry uh, to to find out if we were um, eligible to to play for Scotland because obviously because of my, my nan and. He was. He was. He said he'd find out, and I think um, it was. I think is it George Burley, maybe the manager. Hi. And he, he. I didn't. Don't think he entertained it, or he wasn't interested at the time. And then obviously Craig Levine uh, came in and, and um, gave me my opportunity. So I'm. I'm. I'm forever grateful for him for him for doing that because it was. It was an amazing experience. I was just like my my nan was there for my my, my uh, debut when I came on against Brazil and. Like that's something that, that I could like It just was amazing. She was there, like my whole family were there, my missus with the family were there. It was just like it, it was just perfect.
0: Yeah. Of course, um, I would do a Craig Levine impression, but he probably fade out and probably batter some going to refrain from that. <laughs> um because oh, have you ever heard him speak to him? Oh my god, it's like listen to uh, yeah. like, listening to I don't know, he's got as much personality as a pint of milk, in my opinion, right? But anyway, that's my opinion. So <laughs> um would would you like watch because obviously you play for England C team um did you find it hard to make the transition
1: Not, not really again like i i just I, I, I was just playing football at peterborough at the time when i got called up and obviously i was in a great vein of form I was scoring goals uh, for fun and i think as i said i probably all the way up to maybe from the end of my pre- peterborough like, time i think i was just very naive and i never took pressure on on my shoulders and i never allowed it to to like to play that part of it and it was always kind of like I've done so well. So obviously to get in the Scotland team, like even if I made half an appearance or one appearance, like, I, was, I was over the moon with that. And if it never came again, I, I got the opportunity and I'd move forward. I think after that, when I joined Brighton and obviously got bought for big money, I think I then took the pressure of that big money move and the fact that I was so close to the Premier League on my shoulders, which had probably hindered my football. Maybe it didn't allow me to play as free as I, I, I did when I was at Peterborough. And then, but when I went to the, the Scotland team again, I had no, I had no worries. I just went and played, and I just went and enjoyed, and I and I put, and I wanted to put my style into how how I was going to play with with the shirt <laughs> on, um, and enjoy every single second I could, because I say, I didn't know whether it was going to be one cap or five caps or however many caps. So it was just a case of just being being me, doing what I what I do, how I want to play, and and then just seeing where it goes from there.
0: Of course, uh, you mentioned, of course, the Brazil game. Now, that was your first call-up. What actually happens when you get called up to the squad? Does someone phone you from the SFA?
1: Yeah, it was just, it was, uh, I can't remember who it was at the time. I, I, got, I think we had a game the night before. Um, no, we played, I think we played Milton Keynes, and I, and I got a phone call to say that I'd been called into the squad. Um, and then I had to report down to, because obviously it was, yeah, it was at the Emirates, so I had to go down into London and meet the team and, um, so it was, it was a bit a bit of a whirlwind really it was it was it happened so fast it never really gave me too much time to, to think about it um but going into the the kind of the hotel And meeting everyone is probably the nervous most nervous i've ever been in football like i was on the verge of like being sick nervous it was just like again like the, the highest honor you can have and kind of meeting the people that were, were there. I, I think it was like Kenny Miller and uh, Darren Fletcher and and all these kind of these people have, I've seen play on the TV, play in the Premier League. And there's kind of me coming from Peterborough League One um, to to be involved. It was just it was just kind of
0: mind blowing. You say if you look into the eyes of Scott Brown, you turn to stone. Is, is that true? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a great guy. He's, he's he's a he's a great
1: kind of he's a, he's a joker. But he's a fantastic player. He's he's done fantastically well
0: for Celtic for and Scotland. It's he's he's he is a, he's a leader, and
1: and, and obviously you, you see that by by his performances.
0: Of course, um, you mentioned. Of course, um, you go to the hotel and like north London to then go to the Emirates. Um, you're nervous. You feel you feel sick, you're approaching the room where all the players are in. Um, who are you like rooming with at the time? Was is, is that how do you get your own rooms in that? Or like
1: no, I was with um, James Morrison at the time. Why? Oh, uh, so it was like it was it was nice to kind of just to, to, to have someone in your room and talk, talk to them and kind of like, obviously he, he had a fantastic career playing in the Prem and playing for Scotland as well. So he kind of calmed my nerves a little bit and made it a lot easier, uh, an easier transition just to kind of be involved and like and feel like I'm
0: part of, part of the team. Yeah. And like, what was it like, obviously you mentioned Levine there. What was he like as a manager? Because since he was at Scotland, of course, he's defined effectively by that one game in Prague. Um, like, yeah. back on it, 4-6-0. As a striker, are you looking at it thinking, for fuck's sake, I'm never going to play here.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was interesting. Obviously, I think that a lot of the games we played, we, we, we were normally kind of one up front. So there was only ever one, one spot. Um, obviously, uh, Kenny Miller uh, was, was the, the main man. So it was kind of just like getting the opportunity to play when when if he was injured or if he if he was a friendly and you kind of got your opportunity but he was really good with me he played Levine he, he was he, he made me feel really comfortable he he never really put too much pressure on me he just wanted me to play how I would normally play obviously those um, kind of roles and jobs I needed to do within the game um, but I, I, I enjoyed being part of the squad I enjoyed kind of being part of his team and, and I'm very as I say I'm very grateful I think I, I ended up getting seven caps under him so I'm always very very uh, proud of that and very thankful for him to, to give me that opportunity
0: You mentioned of course hey, you were in you were at a league one footballer coming up to Premier League standard players effectively um, so the dressing room is full of major characters um, who, are you, who would you like pally around with in the squad? Uh, uh, Phil
1: Barsley uh, I've, got on, I've got on well with he was, he was really good to, to have a, a laugh and a joke with To be fair, they were were really accommodating. They really like kind of made it easy for me to fit in. Um, I think they could see maybe (laughs) I was how nervous I was, and uh, that obviously coming, they they kind of all knew each other. They'd been in squads together. They they probably played against each other a lot. And I was coming in, didn't really well, I didn't know anyone. Um, And obviously, it's it's quite a big stage to, to to come into. So they were all they were all very good. They all made it really easy to to fit into the group and feel like I've I've been part of the team.
0: You score for Scotland, Liechtenstein away. How good a feeling was that? Were you thinking of your, of your nan when you're scoring that goal? When you're celebrating, thinking I've, I've scored an international goal and no one can take that from me.
1: Yeah, it was just was just amazing. Obviously, I, I didn't know whether I was going to be playing in that game. Uh, I think Kenny Miller was struggling with an injury, and then kind of a creative pulled me and said like You're gonna you're gonna start this game." And it was just like just excitement. Like just I was so so excited. Um, Like before the game, like leading leading up to the game, like it was just it was just amazing. Like to be to put on the shirt to to start a a Euro qualifier, and obviously it was was an important game. So I knew there was a lot lot riding on it. Because I think if we had lost or drawn, we would have kind of we wouldn't have had an opportunity to go to Spain and maybe kind of get into the into the playoffs. So um, but uh, I just kind of just tried to grasp it with both hands. I tried to to enjoy the the occasion as as much as I could. Um, as I said at that time, I think it was just a case of like enjoying it as much as I could because I never knew when maybe it could end. So, um, but just to score and obviously to to win the game one 0 it was just it, yeah, it was just an, an amazing feeling. It was just uh, all, all the family are watching and uh, amazing messages after the game and stuff. And obviously it gave us something to take into the to the Spain game. It not it wasn't so much an exhibition game. We actually had an opportunity to try and to try and uh, kind of create a bit of history and obviously try and <laughs> beat I think the world champions at the time so it was a uh, yeah it was it was an amazing moment like, I've got I've got still got a shirt it's, it's framed I'm, i like I yeah I, I just look back with great memories
0: of course and that Spain game uh, I think it finished 3-1 and David Goodwillie scored a penalty um, and yeah. are you thinking that oh, could have been me <laughs> yeah I was annoyed I won, I, the thing is I
1: won the penalty and then he picked the ball up so fast, and I didn't want it to be like I'm going to fight you for the ball to take the take a penalty. Like I'm not I'm not that kind of person. Like he he got there, he took it, he scored it, which was great. Um, it was just a phenomenal experience to 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 be in Spain to play against kind of you got Sergio Ramos and Puyol and Piqué, and I'm standing next to him, kind of like getting ready to, to to take them on. Yeah, it was just it was phenomenal, and it was it was a completely different experience. It was. It was mad I, like it's funny because probably after about 20 minutes i thought i was gonna have to come off because I, I was so hot it, i've never played in kind of heat or humidity like that and for my game it's just like run and sprint and chase and harry and um, obviously when you're playing against spain you, you're chasing the ball a lot so I, I was 20 minutes into the game i was like i could feel myself getting really light-headed and i couldn't take any saliva in and there's like the ball didn't really go out to get a break so i was thinking I can't put my hand up after 20 minutes and say I need to come off because I'm going to pass out. Like, I'm, I'm either passing out or I'm, I'm going to get through this half. So, lucky enough, I got through the half. I got into half time. I got a massive wet towel and I literally just covered myself up. Like, you could basically just see my eyes and I just sat in a corner. Um, and lucky enough, come out of the second half, it was still, it was really, really like, a uh, lot cooler. So, it allowed me to kind of uh, relax a bit more.
0: We've been playing. Was well, it just impossible? Because they're just popping, aren't they? Like, is it just like impossible to even play a defensive game against them? Because you, you just don't know what they're going to do next.
1: Well, we we set out to kind of uh, stifle them, and within two and a half minutes we were one nil down. So it was like <laughs> it was like a game plan went out the window. It was it was like right because we we had I think we had to match Czech Republic's result. So obviously going one nil down after. That was like fifth Like, what? What do we do now? Do we like we? Do we go for it? Do we just try and stay in the game as long, long as possible? Because obviously, they, they were just. Uh, it was frightening. It was just like there, there were people running all over the place. You have got people like like David Silva, I think Busquets and Xavi were on uh, in the midfield. It was just. It was just a, an absolute kind of. It was a pleasure to be involved in the game. Like obviously, we're trying to win the game, but it's just great to kind of watch those kind of players and see what they do to make them that good. Um, but I think we, we, we did really well. We were saying we, 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 I think we went 2-0 down and we got a batter 2-1. Um, and I think we had a good a couple of chances to maybe have kind of got the game level. Um, and then, obviously, they scored a third. Um, so I, I felt like we, we, we pushed them as hard as we could. It's obviously you're playing against the best team in the world. It's, it, it's going to take something real special to kind of
0: to, to get a result. Ah, Craig, it's shite being Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> How do you look back upon your international career generally?
1: Um, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Like every, t- like every time I got called up, it was just like the best. Like going, going to to try, put like the put the, the the shirt on to go and train. We I think we trained at Mar Hall, so it was great to go up there. Like travel the world, go and play against international teams and uh, other other international grounds. It was like it was something I like, absolutely like. I'm so so lucky to have had that opportunity. As I said, that if I'd have got like one cap, I'd have been like happy. Like to have seven and, and to have played. Are two of the best teams in the world, um, and just it's just disappointing for me that I got injured because I feel like there was there was probably more caps for me to to get, um, and which my kind of injury uh, like stifled. But it's just as I said, like, I'm I'm very very lucky to have to have got seven to have scored and to have their memories. I I I, I couldn't have asked for more.
0: Amazing. Well. I'm sure we could chat all day about Scotland and how crap it has been Scottish and how we're never going to ever going qualify. It will change, her. it will change. It's getting close, it will change. I uh, touch wood. We'll, ho- well, hopefully Steve Clark at the helmet can change. So, yeah, I'm afraid to say that's all we have time for today. However, Craig, you're not getting off that easy. Every guest we have on, we subject them to the gun to your head round. Right. We'll ask you some quick fire questions and you respond as if you had the proverbial gun to your head. Right. Craig, are you ready? <laughs> no, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number one. Favourite song of all time?
1: Oh, uh, Stand By Me
0: by Benny King. Not bad. Number two. Favourite movie of all time?
1: Um, the Crow. Ooh. Had Brandon Lee in it.
0: Yeah, it's good. I've seen it. It's good. Number three. Favourite holiday destination?
1: Um, Antigua.
0: Antigua. Someone's, someone that earned a bit of cash in our career. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number four, favourite player you ever played with?
2: Oh,
1: Favourite player played with? Oh, my God. I'd say Aaron McQueen, because if he ever hears it, I don't say him. He just give me so much abuse.
0: I'm going to let him know straight. You said that, and he's going to be buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best player played against? Um uh probably say uh Zavi. And finally, <laughs> favorite match ever watched? Um oh wow, favorite match ever watched.
1: Um oh, L, I'm trying to think in the last good good games I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: I can't think of the top of my head. Okay, I'll rephrase it. Best match you ever played in. Best match you ever
1: played in. Um,
0: probably say the player final for Peterborough. Not a bad memory at all. Well, now we know more inside the life of Craig McHale-Smith. Thanks, Craig, once again for coming on Not The 92 Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. Not a problem. Well, as always, it's been a pleasure to give you a candid insight into key individuals who have emerged from the non-league world. Please do remember to follow us on Twitter at NT92pod or on Instagram at NT92 pod. And if you have any questions for us, please do get in touch via email at podcast at notthe92.com. God bless, stay safe, and we'll be back with you very soon for another exclusive interview. Who's going to be next? Tune in to find out. Thank you now. Bye-bye.